Hi, welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree. This week, we are going to do something a little bit different as it's Christmas week and as we are about to start the Book of Mormon for Come Follow Me next year. I wanted to remind myself and to remind all of you about the overarching testimony of the birth, life, death, and sacrifice of Jesus Christ in the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon is literally entitled Another Testament of Jesus Christ. And as I read the Book of Mormon and as I hear those testimonies that these ancient prophets gave of Jesus Christ, I'm just so reminded of how much our Father in Heaven has us in His hands, how perfectly all of this was planned, that none of it has gone wrong, that Everything has worked together exactly as it was always intended to do. And most comforting is that everything that's happening right now is working together for that great and glorious end when Christ will be our King. In 1 Nephi chapter 11, Nephi has a vision in which he sees the Spirit of the Lord. And Nephi has been looking for answers about the interpretation of his father's dream. And he doesn't know what the tree of life means. And in order to answer that, the Lord shows him something. Starting in verse 12. And it came to pass that he said unto me, Look. And I looked as if to look upon him, and I saw him not, for he had gone from before my presence. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the great city of Jerusalem, and also other cities. And I beheld the city of Nazareth. And in the city of Nazareth I beheld a virgin, and she was exceedingly fair and white. And it came to pass that I saw the heavens open up, and an angel came down and stood before me. And he said unto me, Nephi, what beholdest thou? And I said unto him, A virgin, most beautiful and fair above all other virgins. And he said unto me, Knowest thou the condescension of God? And I said unto him, I know that he loveth his children. Nevertheless, I do not know the meaning of all things. And he said unto me, Behold, the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of the Son of God, after the manner of the flesh. And it came to pass that I beheld that she was carried away in the Spirit. And after she had been carried away in the Spirit for the space of a time, the angel spake unto me, saying, Look. And I looked, and I beheld the virgin again, bearing a child in her arms. And the angel said unto me, Behold, the Lamb of God, yea, even the Son of the Eternal Father. Knowest thou the meaning of the tree which thy father saw? And I answered him, saying, Yea, it is the love of God, which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men. Wherefore, it is the most desirable above all things. And he spake unto me, saying, Yea, and the most joyous to the soul. He explained the meaning of the tree of life through showing the birth of Jesus Christ. Because Nephi saw the birth of Jesus Christ, he knew seemingly immediately that the tree of life represented the love of God. As we continue on in the Book of Mormon, we have the testimony of Abinadi, who was later killed for this testimony. In Mosiah chapter 15, verses 1 through 5, And now Abinadi said unto them, the wicked king Noah and his priests, I would that ye should understand that God himself shall come down among the children of men and shall redeem his people. Because he dwelleth in flesh, he shall be called the Son of God, and having subjected the flesh to the will of the Father, being the Father and the Son. And thus the flesh becometh subject to the Spirit, or the Son to the Father, 
being one God, suffereth temptation and yieldeth not to temptation, but suffereth himself to be mocked and scourged and cast out and disowned by his people. And actually, I'm going to keep going. And after all this, after working many mighty miracles among the children of men, he shall be led, yea, even as Isaiah said, as a sheep before the shearer is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Yea, even so he shall be led, crucified, and slain, the flesh becoming subject even unto death, the will of the Son being swallowed up in the will of the Father. And thus God breaketh the bands of death, having gained the victory over death, giving the Son power to make intercession for the children of men, having ascended into heaven, having the bowels of mercy, being filled with compassion toward the children of men, standing betwixt them and justice, having broken the bands of death, taken upon himself their iniquity and their transgressions, having redeemed them and satisfied the demands of justice. Verse 19, For were it not for the redemption which he hath made for his people, which was prepared from the foundation of the world, I say unto you, were it not for this, all mankind must have perished. But behold, the bands of death shall be broken, and the Son reigneth, and hath power over the dead. Therefore he bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead. Break forth into joy, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. In Alma 7, Alma testifies of the Savior, starting in verse 7, saying, For behold, I say unto you, there be many things to come, and behold, there is one thing which is of more importance than they all. For behold, the time is not far distant that the Redeemer liveth and cometh among his people. Behold, I do not say he will come among us at the time of his dwelling in his mortal tabernacle. For behold, the Spirit hath not said unto me that this should be the case. Now as to this thing, I do not know. But this much I do know, that the Lord God hath power to do all things which are according to his word. But behold, the Spirit hath said this much unto me, saying, Cry unto this people, saying, Repent ye, and prepare the way of the Lord, and walk in his paths, which are straight. For behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and the Son of God cometh upon the face of the earth. And behold, he shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem, which is in the land of our forefathers, she being a virgin, a precious and chosen vessel, who shall be overshadowed and conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, and bring forth a son, yea, even the Son of God. And he shall go forth, suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind, and this that the word might be fulfilled, which saith he will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people, and he will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people, and he will take upon them their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. Now the Spirit knoweth all things. Nevertheless, the Son of God suffereth according to the flesh, that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. And now behold, this is the testimony which is in me. In Alma 34, verses 9 and 10, Amulek says, For it is expedient that an atonement should be made, for according to the great plan of the eternal God there must be an atonement made, or else all mankind must unavoidably perish. Yea, all are hardened, yea, all are fallen and are lost, and must perish except it be through the atonement which is expedient should be made. For it is expedient that there should be a great and last sacrifice, yea, not a sacrifice of man, neither of beast, neither of any manner of fowl, 
for it shall not be a human sacrifice, but it must be an infinite and eternal sacrifice. In Helaman chapter 14, Samuel the Lamanite prophesies of the coming of Christ to the people, starting in verse 1. And now it came to pass that Samuel the Lamanite did prophesy a great many more things which cannot be written. And behold, he said unto them, Behold, I give unto you a sign, for five years more cometh. And behold, then cometh the Son of God to redeem all those who shall believe on his name. And behold, this will I give unto you for a sign at the time of his coming. For behold, there shall be great lights in heaven, insomuch that in the night before he cometh there shall be no darkness, insomuch that it shall appear unto man as if it was day. Therefore there shall be one day, and a night and a day, as if it were one day, and there were no night. And this shall be unto you for a sign, for ye shall know of the rising of the sun, and also of its setting. Therefore they shall know of a surety that there shall be two days and a night. Nevertheless the night shall not be darkened and it shall be the night before he is born. And behold, there shall a new star arise, such an one as ye have never have beheld. And this also shall be a sign unto you. And behold, this is not all. There shall be many signs and wonders in heaven. And it shall come to pass that ye shall all be amazed and wonder, insomuch that ye shall fall to the earth. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall believe on the Son of God, the same shall have everlasting life. At this point, about six years pass before the birth of Jesus Christ. In 3 Nephi 1, we get to hear the fulfillment of that prophecy, starting in verse 4. And it came to pass that in the commencement of the ninety and second year, behold, the prophecies of the prophets began to be fulfilled more fully, for there began to be greater signs and greater miracles wrought among the people. But there were some who began to say that the time was past for the words to be fulfilled, which were spoken by Samuel the Lamanite. And they began to rejoice over their brethren, saying, Behold, the time is past, and the words of Samuel are not fulfilled. Therefore your joy and your faith concerning this thing hath been in vain. And it came to pass that they did make a great uproar throughout the land. And the people who believed began to be very sorrowful, lest by any means those things which had been spoken might not come to pass. But behold, they did watch steadfastly for that day, and that night and that day which should be as one day as if there were no night, that they might know that their faith had not been in vain. Now it came to pass that there was a day set apart by unbelievers, that all those who believed in those traditions should be put to death, except the sign should come to pass, which had been given by Samuel the prophet. Now it came to pass that when Nephi, the son of Nephi, saw this wickedness of his people, his heart was exceedingly sorrowful. And it came to pass that he went out and bowed himself down upon the earth, and cried mightily to his God in behalf of his people, yea, those who were about to be destroyed because of their faith in the tradition of their fathers. And it came to pass that he cried mightily unto the Lord all that day. And behold, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, Lift up your head and be of good cheer. For behold, The time is at hand, and on this night shall the sign be given, and on the morrow come I into the world, to show unto the world that I will fulfill all that which I have caused to be spoken by the mouth of my holy prophets. Pause and think really quickly about what Mary and Joseph were doing at that time. This is the day before the Savior's birth. They were traveling to Bethlehem. This was not an isolated incident. Other things were happening on the earth at the exact same time. And I love thinking that the prophet Nephi was pleading for his people at this time and that the Savior, active and engaged, was speaking to him. This event of the Savior's birth was not just in Bethlehem. 
This was a day important to the entire earth. And on the other side of the world were a people watching and waiting with great hope and great anxiety for this sign to come, for this event to happen. I also love thinking about the fact that when the Savior was born, on the other side of the world, it was daytime. The Nephites were celebrating in daytime that the light of the world had come. The Lord continues in verse 14. Behold, I come unto my own to fulfill all things which I have made known unto the children of men from the foundation of the world, and to do the will both of the Father and of the Son, of the Father because of me, and of the Son because of my flesh. And behold, the time is at hand, and this night shall the sign be given. And it came to pass that the words which came unto Nephi were fulfilled, according as they had been spoken. For behold, at the going down of the sun, there was no darkness. And the people began to be astonished because there was no darkness when the night came. And there were many who had not believed the words of the prophets, who fell to the earth and became as if they were dead. For they knew that the great plan of destruction which they had laid for those who believed in the words of the prophets had been frustrated. For the sign which had been given was already at hand. And they began to know that the Son of God must shortly appear. Yea, and fine, all the people upon the face of the whole earth, from the west to the east, both in the land north and in the land south, were so exceedingly astonished that they fell to the earth. For they knew that the prophets had testified of these things for many years, and that the sign which had been given was already at hand. And they began to fear because of their iniquity and their unbelief. And it came to pass that there was no darkness in all that night, but it was as light as though it was midday. And it came to pass that the sun did rise in the morning again, according to its proper order. And they knew that it was the day that the Lord should be born because of the sign which had been given. And it had come to pass, yea, all things, every wit, according to the words of the prophets. And it came to pass also that a new star did appear according to the word. And then the life of the Savior happened, and life rolled on in this part of the world until the Savior's death, when great earthquakes and destruction happened. And after days of darkness, after so many of their loved ones had passed, there were many gathered at the temple. Third Nephi chapter 11, starting in verse 1. And now it came to pass that there were a great multitude gathered together of the people of Nephi, round about the temple which was in the land bountiful, and they were marveling and wondering one with another, and were showing one another the great and marvelous change which had taken place. And they were also conversing about this Jesus Christ, of whom the sign had been given concerning his death. And it came to pass that while they were thus conversing one with another, they heard a voice as if it came out of heaven, and they cast their eyes round about, for they understood not the voice which they had heard. And it was not a harsh voice, neither was it a loud voice. Nevertheless, and notwithstanding it being a small voice, it did pierce them that did hear to the center, insomuch that there was no part of their frame that it did not cause to quake. Yea, it did pierce them to the very soul, and did cause their hearts to burn. And it came to pass that again they heard the voice, and they understood it not. And again the third time they did hear the voice, and did open their ears to hear it. And their eyes were toward the sound thereof, and they did look steadfastly toward heaven from whence the sound came. And behold, the third time they did understand the voice which they heard, and it said unto them, Behold, my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name, hear ye him. 
And it came to pass, as they understood, they cast their eyes up again towards heaven. And behold, they saw a man descending out of heaven. And he was clothed in a white robe, and he came down and stood in the midst of them. And the eyes of the whole multitude were turned upon him, and they durst not open their mouths, even one to another, and wist not what it meant. For they thought it was an angel that had appeared unto them. And it came to pass that he stretched forth his hand and spake unto the people, saying, Behold, I am Jesus Christ, whom the prophets testified shall come into the world. And behold, I am the light and the life of the world. And I have drunk out of that bitter cup which the Father hath given me, and have glorified the Father in taking upon me the sins of the world, in the which I have suffered the will of the Father in all things from the beginning. And it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, the whole multitude fell to the earth, For they remembered that it had been prophesied among them that Christ should show himself unto them after his ascension into heaven. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto them, saying, Arise, and come forth unto me, that ye may thrust your hands into my side, and also that ye may feel the prints of the nails in my hands and in my feet, that ye may know that I am the God of Israel, and the God of the whole earth, and have been slain for the sins of the world." And it came to pass that the multitude went forth and thrust their hands into his side and did feel the prints of the nails in his hands and in his feet. And this they did do, going forth one by one until they all had gone forth and did see with their eyes and did feel with their hands and did know of a surety and did bear record that it was he of whom it was written by the prophets that should come. And when they had all gone forth and had witnessed for themselves, they did cry out with one accord saying, Hosanna. Blessed be the name of the Most High God. And they did fall down at the feet of Jesus and did worship him. The Book of Mormon ends with a testimony of Jesus Christ. Moroni says in Moroni chapter 10, starting in verse 30, And again I would exhort you that ye would come unto Christ and lay hold upon every good gift and touch not the evil gift nor the unclean thing and awake and arise from the dust O Jerusalem, yea, and put on thy beautiful garments, O daughters of Zion, and strengthen thy stakes, and enlarge thy borders forever, that thou mayest no more be confounded, that the covenants of the Eternal Father which he hath made unto thee, O house of Israel, may be fulfilled. Yea, come unto Christ, and be perfected in him, and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. And if ye shall deny yourselves of all ungodliness— and love God with all your might, mind, and strength, then is his grace sufficient for you, that by his grace ye may be perfect in Christ. And if by the grace of God ye are perfect in Christ, ye can in no wise deny the power of God. And again, if ye by the grace of God are perfect in Christ, and deny not his power, then are ye sanctified in Christ, by the grace of God, through the shedding of the blood of Christ, which is in the covenant of the Father unto the remission of your sins, that ye become holy without spot. And now I bid unto all farewell. I soon go to rest in the paradise of God until my spirit and body shall again reunite, and I am brought forth triumphant through the air to meet you before the pleasing bar of the great Jehovah, the eternal judge of both quick and dead. Amen. From beginning to end, the Book of Mormon testifies of Jesus Christ. And from beginning to end, all the scriptures testify of Jesus Christ and this great plan of redemption. Nothing is out of control, even though it might feel that way sometimes in our lives and in the world. In 3 Nephi chapter 1 verse 20 that we just read, 
It says, All things, every wit, according to the words of the prophets, came to pass. The same applies to right now. This is not a story that we are celebrating that has ended yet. It is still going. And ultimately, it doesn't have an end. But here on the earth, we are in the last days. And just like the people in the Book of Mormon who got to see the signs of his birth, and then those who got to see him come after his death, those things happened in reality. And what is happening right now is all a part of what was supposed to happen. And everything that we have ever heard prophesied of Jesus Christ and how he will triumph over evil is in process and will happen. And someone, whether it be you and me or our grandchildren, will actually in their mortal lives get to see the end. We'll get to see him come in great glory and power. We'll get to experience the feeling of being mortal and being on the earth as every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus is the Christ. But whether we are here as mortal beings or we have passed on, we get to participate in that. That is something we will all have an experience with. This is the reason that we celebrate Christmas. It's not a random birth of a random baby. This baby grew grace by grace, set an example for us, lived and died and suffered for our sins, and then he will come again to cleanse the earth, to triumph over evil, to wipe every tear from our eyes, to make everything okay. That is why we celebrate the birth of the Savior. That is who was born that night. Your Savior, he who will ultimately make everything that is wrong in your life, everything that is painful and unfair, everything that is caused by your own sins, he ultimately can make all of that whole if we choose to let him. One of my favorite Christmas hymns doesn't actually directly talk about the birth of the Savior. It talks about why he is here and the comfort that that brings and who our Father in heaven is and how engaged he is in our lives. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. My favorite line in that song is, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. God is not ignoring you. Christ is not ignoring you. God is not ignoring the world, and Christ is not ignoring the world. They are anxiously engaged. And everything is just as it's supposed to be. And just as everything that has happened before now has been fulfilled, every wit, everything that is supposed to happen in the future will be fulfilled every wit. Not just the scary stuff, but the wonderful things. The things that make things whole and complete. That is why we celebrate Christmas. Because he was born, everything will be okay.
I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.